0: So here we go. This is Richard Blaine, oh the humanity, and just something happened today, which I thought, hey, this would be fun to talk about on oh the humanity the podcast here, and so why not? It something funny came up uh, in a group that I'm in, and had had to do with the Mormon Church, and uh, it was an article from something they call uh, Babylon B, which I don't know if you ever heard of it, but Babylon B is just sort of a satire website. Now, before I get into all that, I'm gonna play a little music in the background just for fun. Maybe a little too soft. Hmm. Well, sorry about that. I was, I was expecting the music to like start a little faster. Let me go over here. Okay, that'll do it for me. I just wanted to play something in the background because this song is called School's Out. And you know, this is like the last day before New Year's Eve and then New Year's Eve. And then it's like, oh, it sort of feels like school's out. Only well, it's not school's out. It's more like this whole decade is out. Goodbye to the 2010s and say hello to the 2020s. Do you have 2020 vision? You know what I mean. Anyway, 2020 is coming up. Now, this article is funny because it shows uh, Michael. No, it shows uh, Mitt Romney in this in this image uh, at the Babylon Bee. You can go look it up there. It says follower of Joseph Smith. Urges nation to reject morally flawed leaders, right? Hmm. Interesting. So let me get the volume on that a little bit better. All uh, right, I think that's about right. So that's kind of funny. So it, the article goes on and says, um, Mitt Romney, incoming senator for Utah and follower of Joseph Smith, lectured the nation in an op-ed Tuesday on the need to reject morally flawed leaders. The man who has devoted his life to the teachings of a con artist encouraged the nation to examine its leaders to see whether they are worthy of our devotion and respect. Quote, A president should demonstrate the essential qualities of honesty and integrity and elevate the national discourse with comedy and mutual respect. Wrote the man who follows Joseph Smith, a false prophet, notorious polygamist, scam artist. Uh, he pointed out that the president hasn't shown himself to be honest or forthcoming in his dealings with opponents and other countries, while Joseph Smith's own prophecies failed to come true over and over again, and while the Mormon Church continues to deceive its members by covering up its past. Etc. Etc. So that's the article there. So anyway, so w- after that was posted. I, I kind of got a chuckle. And then I came up with some commentary of my own, <laughs> which is what I really wanted to share. I don't want to share somebody else's article. What about what I'm saying? So I thought to myself, I wonder, I was just wondering if there's a market for CMM, contemporary Mormon music. Because, you know, in Christian world, we have what's called CCM. Contemporary music, so what about CMM? So then I wrote, log in to download these blessed songs. Number one, he saw an angel. That's a great old tune, right? Number two, can I get three witnesses? <laughs> so it's kind of like, can I get a witness? Except in, in the Mormon story, he had three witnesses. So, can I get three witnesses? And then, Number three, Jesus, Joseph, Smith, and Mary. So instead of Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, it's like Jesus, Joseph, Smith, and Mary. (laughs) And then I'm not done. So then I, I was on a roll, so I just kept coming up with these goofy song titles. One was called, I Took That Last Train to Jackson County, which, that's an inside joke for Mormon people, I guess, but Jackson County, Missouri, is sort of where It's a very special place for the Mormon Church. So, I took the last train to Clarksville? No, I took the last train to Jackson County. (laughs) And then finally, uh, These Gold Plates Will Tell You a Story. These Gold Plates Will Never Lie. But that would be to the tune of These Old Bones, as sung by Dolly Parton. These Old Bones will tell you a story. These Old Bones will never lie. But no, in my song for the Mormons it's called these gold plates will tell you a story these gold plates will never lie and that's a gold plate I don't know what a gold plate is but basically according to Mormons the way they told their story from Joseph Smith and all was through these gold plates so it's kinda like Moses had his his little templates and stuff I forget what they call his even Uh, Mormon churches got their gold plates so not to be outdone by Moses They've got the gold plates. So anywho, and then my friend goes, hey, let's ditch our Mormon underwear tonight, baby. That's been a popular tune in LDS culture for several years now, he says. <laughs> oh, I see. And then he, there's a link to uh, the secrets of Mormon reve- underwear reveal. And the thing about Mormon underwear is there's a story about how if you're an adult uh, male in the Mormon church of a certain stature, you can wear this special underwear. Right? then I had a joke somewhere. I can't find it now. Oh, yes, here it is. So here's my joke then, based upon the underwear. says, okay, here's on my date. Listen, honey. I'm talking to my date now. If I was allowed to take off my underwear, <laughs> it'd be you I'd take them off for, right? Listen, honey, if I was allowed to take off my underwear, of course, I'm a Mormon. I'm wearing a special underwear. I'm not allowed to take them off. But if I was allowed, it'd be for you that I'd take them off. Anyway, and then I, I said, hey, that's what they call free thinking Mormon style, Right? I'm a free thinker. I can think about possibly taking off these Mormon underwear. Now, I wonder if those underwear are golden underwear. Uh, I haven't really thought about that. So, the other thing I wanted to look into was, let's look at that article in the See if that pulls up, but if it doesn't, oh yeah, here it says, Mormon Underwear underwear Revealed. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints released an informational guide to template garments on their website. Why have these clothes been such a source of fascination in American culture? I don't know, maybe because they're underwear? Mormonism has long been a source of cultural fascination and sometimes suspicion in America. You think? Anyway, I don't want to read that article, but you can look it up if you want to, at theatlantic.com. The article is called Mormon Underwear Revealed. Now, kind of the reason that I brought all this stuff up is because way back, not way back, but let's say six months ago or so, I wrote an article called Chapter of Moroni, which if you don't know what that means, uh, Moroni... That is a chapter in the Book of Mormon. I'll turn the music down slightly. One of the chapters in the Book of Mormon is called Chapter of Moroni, which is also pronounced Chapter of Moron-I, or Chapter of I-Moron, kind of like I-Robot, I-Moron. <laughs> I'm just making a bad Mormon joke there, but now is it considered un-American to make jokes that relate to somebody's religion though? Because I know it's very, very, very serious to joke about one's religion in this country where we treasure freedom of religion. We sure do. So I apologize to all the Mormon peeps out there and also to the ex-Mormons out there kind of like the friends I was telling you about that I met uh, when I met that uh, Dave uh, Dave somebody, I forgot his last name, from Dying Out Loud. I'll just call him Dave from Dying Out Loud. But his friends were ex-Mormons, and I don't want to insult them either. But anyway, I wrote this article, this chapter, and let me just read a little bit of it. Chapter of Moroni. All right. I wrote what I felt was going to be the final chapter in this piece I've been working on, writing about not believing in God anymore. Then I was on the phone with what I felt might be a business accountability partner. I made the mistake of mentioning a bit about this writing that I've been doing, and this gentleman was very happy that I brought that up and wanted to share something. That's cool, so I said, sure, what's up? Well, I was invited to a join.me meeting area I don't know if you're familiar with join.me, but you can go there, two, three, five people, ten people, whatever. We can all join at the same time and have a web camera and see each other's faces and stuff and discuss documents and such. So he invited me to this meeting area and showed me some slides being created on the fly in Photoshop. So he didn't have anything ready to go, but he tried to create them on the fly about the history of the Mormon church wow so i thought he was going to talk about something else but anyway he shared about key passages from their book of mormon is not that a broadway show by the way and i didn't stop him i mean i wanted to let him sort of put all his cards on the table plus i had never heard uh, the mormon church story from a devoted believer before now let me just check if i'm recording still recording thank you thanks god (laughs) <laughs> Every time I say, "Thank you, God," or I mean, I hope to God something this or other, my my wife will be like, "Who's your God? Who's your God?" It's a figure of speech, all right. I don't. I'm. I'm not actually talking to a God. As we all know, now as not we we don't all know, but as I happen to know. Or believe now is that there's no God, so it's just a figure of speech. Now, so this guy was sharing about key passages from the Book of Mormon. Um, There were pictures of plates, which I deduce are things that people used to write on, and they have to be translated, and about half of them have yet to be translated. Hmm. So these are kind of, uh, who knows, some sort of angelic writing, so you can't really, nobody really knows the language. Now, he actually drew a rough globe of the world, and continents to point to to what happened over by Israel and later what happened over by present-day Guatemala. There was a 14-year-old boy who apparently was visited by God, quote-unquote, and there were three witnesses. That's why my song title was, Can I Get Three Witnesses? Now, these would be referred to as the spiritual witnesses, most of whom, or all, would later be kicked out of the church. But they never denied their witness stories, I was told, and apparently that's important. Uh, later on, there would be eight more called the empirical witnesses. Okay. Now, these plates made it up to New York at some point, and later there's the Exodus to Salt Lake City and Brigham Young University, etc. So, if you were unhappy with the story which became the Bible coming out of Israel, Uh, 1700 years ago. There's another story now, which was the one designed for North America, or the Americas, I guess, since it started in or around present-day Guatemala. And now there's another book to read, Book of Mormon, which apparently quotes verbatim from Isaiah and a few other Old Testament books, but then provides a bit of new stuff that sounds curiously like the New Testament but it's for us folks here on this side of the world. So when I protest a few points that he asks with puzzlement, you don't even believe in God? And then the usual proof of God, because there are so many amazing aspects to observe in nature, and thus there must be a God, and thus Mormonism. Shake my head emoji. Yes, biochemistry is amazing. Humans are fascinating too. The creators of the thousands of God stories we've seen pop up over the years, the Book of Mormon being one of them. But I don't think he heard or understood my explanation of what I've been writing about. He says that talking about Mormonism is the thing he loves doing the most in life. It was a one-way dialogue though, he was the answer, and he is talking to me to shine that light on me. There was no information exchange happening back and forth you know what I'm saying I was seen as a perfect opportunity a guy who had seemingly left the Christian faith and who better to talk to for a Mormon evangelist and he really wants me to read the book this reminds me of a network marketing company that I've been involved with some and they have a lot of good services to offer that people use every day but when it comes to selling them What they really want you to do is make sure that they see the Business Opportunity Presentation. That's the awkwardness aspect. What if they have a particular need for, say, I don't know, electricity, or a wireless plant, or a virtual MD or doctor? Can I just sell that? Well, I could, but wouldn't make much profit. Just show them the plan. The plan, the plan, the plan. (laughs) That's true. At this network marketing place, you go to their meetings and then they chant. It it is like a cult. They start chanting, the plan, the plan, the plan. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of some old TV show. That that shows you how old I am. I'm not even going to go there. But there was this little three-foot-tall guy on an island somewhere. Do you know what show I'm talking about? He had some expression, it was kind of like the plan, the plan, the plan. Well, when it comes to the Mormon or Christian plan, it's much the same. It's the end game. Show them the plan, sign them up. Of course, that will only happen once God gets a hold of them and does the work, wink, wink. I let my new friend tell the story of Mormon, it's out there now. And surprisingly, I still don't believe in god even though joseph smith says he had a vision of god in 1820. somehow i still come down on the side of god being a story told by people interestingly smith was already trying hard to be a devout christian before coming up with his new plan his new path in other words it's not like he was an atheist or a buddhist and was visited by the lord our lord So he was already trying to be a Christian. Now, as I've mentioned before in a previous chapter, Mormonism is basically a denomination of Christianity. They started off as Christians. They still read the Christian Bible in addition to the Book of Mormon and pray to Jesus. Since I was already a Christian before I wasn't, I can't see venturing down another God path. I want to be what I am, a human being. anyway oh then i write a little bit something a little bit more something which i kind of like it says i encourage you at this point to check out the timeless classic by edie brickell and the new bohemians what i am i'm guilty of not paying enough attention to the lyrics in my life as a bass player and even that's an excuse i'm a musician not just a bass player and even though this tune had a great bass and drum feel set up by a catchy uh, lilting guitar riff I should have paid more attention to the lyrics which are poetic philosophy from the start it's I'm not aware of too many things that's honesty when it comes to talking about God or creation or the human species uh, the human species purpose on this earth if we have one I'm not aware of God, or Jesus, or Joseph Smith. Not really. Philosophy is the talk on a cereal box. Religion is a smile on a dog. Those are additional lyrics from that Edie Brickell tune, who, by the way, uh, is up from up that part of Texas, Dallas area. I used to live up there. And the players that she had in her band were all from North Texas State. Good jazz players, you know what I mean? Anyway, that's a great tune. Check it out. Uh, Edie Brickell, What I Am. That was a classic hit. Oh, and you'll never believe (laughs) who she's uh, married to now. Okay, I've given you a moment to think about it. Edie Brickell, married to Paul Simon. That's right, Simon and Garfunkel, Paul Simon. Paul Simon is just one of the greatest legends of music ever in North America. And, you know, if you're a singer-songwriter from Dallas, like Edie Brickell, I would say Paul Simon is a good get, (laughs) you know, if you're looking for a husband. How about Paul Simon? Is he available? Wow, that's so cool. Then I wrote uh, towards the last paragraph. What I am is going to bed now because it's late. Right? It's like Jacko. The future of base is going to the bathroom now. And at the time I wrote this, it says we lost Aretha Franklin two days ago. People die, and that much I do now, and sooner, if they don't get enough sleep. So bye. I was imitating Michelle Wolf. She goes bye. She had a Netflix comedy show but got cancelled. That's how she ended her show. Bye. But I'm not ending my show yet because I'm just starting. Unless it's not recording anymore. No, I'm still recording. Well, well, well. There's a good tune right there. Now, that sax player that I'm listening to is Matt Renzi, R-E-N-Z-I. All right. Just a guy that I happen to like a lot. Um, I used to be a jazz reviewer, and I wrote a lot of articles about Matt Renzi, so I like listening to him. That is true. Now, we're no longer on School's Out song. We're on a song called... um, Circulazione. Circulazione. I don't know how they say it in Italy, but that's how I say it. Beautiful. I'm going to get back to my group of people here talking about stuff. Mitt Romney. Wow. But I can't say much more about the Mormon faith because... I was never a Mormon. I just look at it f- in befuddlement. People still believe in it. and They have some unusual practices, but in the end, they believe in Jesus Christ, that he was buried and rose again. That's what they believe. Sure do. Finally, I uh, wanted to talk about this guy named Bill Gothard. Um, When I was on a previous episode, I mentioned it was called Bill Goddard. Well, I mispronounced his name. It's actually Bill Gothard, G-O-T-H-A-R-D. And turns out he became um, infamous for a lot more than being a strange Christian leader. He became infamous because of Harassment and Sexual Abuse. Release the accusations. So there's an article on pathos.com called The Disturbing Legacy of Bill Gothard that says a lot about today's Christian right. Right? (laughs) The founder of the fundamentalist organization called Institute in Basic Life Principles, or IBLP. And a man whose last name does him no favors here. He's on that list, and his downfall downfall, says a lot about the problems within the conservative Christian movement. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily agreeing with this article. I'm just saying that I know about this guy, because when I was in college, in a campus Bible fellowship, we all jumped on a bus headed down to Fort Worth, and went to one of his big rallies, and got some of his books, and Etc. Well, in reading this article, it turns out that Gothler was placed on leave from the IBLP in 2014 after approximately 34 women claimed he had sexually harassed them. That was on top of accusations of molestation and failure to report child abuse. An internal investigation, you're never going to believe this, found no evidence of criminal wrongdoing, but at least agreed that he had acted inappropriately. The leave became permanent. The women eventually found a lawsuit. So anyway, so this is the guy. <laughs> it's funny. The guy that we drove all the way from Iowa to Fort Worth to listen to his little rally. Bill Gothard. Now, I don't necessarily think that he has anything to do with the political right. Maybe the Christian right. I don't. I don't even know. Because I've left... The Christian right. I don't know what I am politically, but I don't want to. T- I don't talk about politics politics on this podcast, which is called "Oh the Humanity." I talk about being a human being and not needing to be, or not trying to be, an angel of some sort or some sort of son of God, or always in prayer, praying without ceasing to God, to Jesus that would be like a wasting time without ceasing because there's no Jesus that's on the other end listening to me, right? There's nobody hearing me. It would be like wasting time without ceasing. <laughs> now, on the other hand, when you're meditating, you're pretending, you're just relaxing. And so if you experience physical benefits by praying to Jesus, uh, you know, a lot, and you think, "Hey, you know I feel a lot better because I'm praying a lot to Jesus. Well, there are benefits from just meditating, so it could be that you're relaxing yourself, you're feeling some calm because by believing in a in in a mythical being that's not real, but you actually believe it, it could probably calm you down. Everything's going to be all right. It's like that one song I was sharing about. It said, God above and everything's going to be all right no matter what the world throws at you. Yeah, well, go ahead and pray if you want to. But uh, I'm not going to pray into the mist. But I do believe in talking to other human being friends, learning from them, they learn from me. And we've got each other's back, as I said in the last episode. And so, before I go, I'm going to take a swig of Moonshine. Mm -hmm. A little more sax playing, please. I like Matt Renzi. He just hauls up, grabs his guys, goes to the studio, and makes a record. Boom. I love creativity. I love music. Well, don't go follow Bill Gothard. That's what I tell you. The, uh, the guy from the Institute in Basic Life Principles. That was probably a mistake to go listen to that guy. <laughs> right? But I did. That's where my group was going. We all got in the car and drove to Beverly crazy. But, uh, you know, 2020 is almost upon us. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. And this is going to be a great year. What I'm hoping is in the year 2020, I finally confess to my band leader that I'm an atheist. I no longer believe in God. Now, I love him. I love playing music with him. But at some point, I just got to be honest, if it costs me the gig, it cost me the game. I'm sorry. But, you know, I've got to be honest with people, and I hope to do more of that in 2020. Just tell people the truth about what I believe, which is not in God, but in human beings, of which I can prove that I am one myself. I've got evidence of that. I'm a human being. I'm going to stick by that story. All right. And, with that I'm going to have to say goodbye. Good night. Oh the humanity.